give him a tool of them. He didn't said, it's all in your hands. If you follow my commandments, you bring everything to a high level. If not, Barmanan, you bring everything down. So it's really all in Adam's hands. There's a famous ma'asay with the Mashgiyah, Rabbi Hassan Abilsi. This is a big Kaddish When they had to take him to the Shalalim, they had to pass by Tel Aviv. And as we know, Tel Aviv is not the most curious place that you want to go, even back then. He was riding in a tinted window car, and in the tinted window car, he had somewhat of fashioned curtains on the window so he wasn't able to look out, and his eyes was, were closed, and when he had to open his eyes, he would only look in the face, and when he got to his destination, he told the driver, this trip cost me 15 years of my Torah learning, which means he felt that the atmosphere was filled with Tum'ah. I mean, if we go walking in Tel Aviv, maybe we could see what's going on, but we can't feel it in our bones. He actually thought that the Sadiq was actually able to feel it. It went through, penetrated through his bones, through his blood. It ruined, if you want to say, his Kedushah. And he said, it's going to take me another 15 years to reach the level that I reached if I didn't come here in the first place. Now, we don't feel it, as you said. But... For example, you hang out with the wrong crowd, and they're doing things that should not be done. Or you go to places that you should not be going to. Believe it or not, that influences you a lot. Just the mere fact that you're there, you don't have to see anything or speak to the crowd that you're with, but the fact that you're there alone, the atmosphere, the air is impure, and it will penetrate inside yourself, inside your body, and you will start having mahshabot zarot or mahshabot ra'ot. And then you start asking yourself, how come I can't have kavana and ma'amida? How come during the day I have these thoughts that I shouldn't be having? It's because you're hanging out with the wrong crowd. Or you're going to places where you shouldn't be going. In this week's parasha, we see that Noah was mudal from the whole door. Noah was separated from the whole generation. In fact, Hashem tells him, you are the only one. Imagine this. You have billions of people, and you have only one person, Noah. doesn't say, You are the only one. And I can't keep Noah alive, obviously. You can't keep Noah alive because what's going to happen to Noah's wife and his kids and their wives. So he says, because you are a pure person, bring them inside with you to the Teba. But Noah separated himself from all the evil influence around him, and he was able to overcome and not go with the flow, not go with the, with the current, swim against the current. There's a ma'aseh with Rabbi Al-Hanan Rathamin, Hashemim Kumdamu. Tonight is the yard site of his son, Rabbi Al-Azaz Simcha Wasim, in passed away in 1992, he was the rabbi to ask about childbearing and child rearing and having difficulty with chinook with children. And it's funny, since he was the expert, he himself and his wife were not the to have children. Yet, he knew how to answer all the difficult questions when it comes to chinook. Now, this is the son of Rabbi Hanan Vasanin. So Rabbi Hanan Vasanin, 
he was the foremost student of the Hafez Hayim. When he came to America to collect from clergy Shiva back home, he entered a coffee house and he requested from the waiter, please, I want black coffee, no milk. Why? Because he wasn't so sure about halab akum. He wasn't so sure about the hashkaha. He wasn't so sure about the hashkaha when it comes to milk. As you know, halab Israel, halab akum. And back then he wasn't so sure about the hashkaha, about the milk in this coffee place. So he said, please, I requested you give me black coffee, no milk. Fine. So he drinks black coffee, no milk. As we know, black coffee, unflavored coffee. It, you're allowed to drink it anywhere because it's only black coffee according to the Danish high. You're allowed to drink it anywhere as long as there's no flavor. I'm talking about hazelnut or French vanilla or, or now because the season, uh, pumpkin flavor. I'm talking about regular, by the way, I don't have people into pumpkin flavored everything. Pumpkin flavored coffee, pumpkin flavored water. Just because now there's pumpkins in season, so you have to run to get everything pumpkin. Okay. Some people like it, fine. There's pumpkin spice, you can have it during the year. If you like pumpkin, you don't have to wait for the season. You buy yourself pumpkin spice, it is all you kosher. You can put it in your coffee or tea. Me personally, I don't like it, just like, just like I don't like cinnamon. But hey, whatever floats people's boats, they like pumpkin, they like cinnamon, so be it. So now he requests, back to our story, okay? So now he requests black coffee with no milk. And he drinks black coffee with no milk. The next day he comes back to his coffee house. And the waiter says, oh, Rabbi, I'll be right there. So he brings in coffee with milk. So the rabbi looks at him and says, I was here yesterday, and I told you yesterday that I only want black coffee with no milk. And I told you my concerns about the milk. It's not so kosher. Why did you give me milk today? He says, oh, Rabbi, I thought since you're one day in America, you got already exposed by the society. And you go with the flow. Everybody's drinking black coffee. They don't drink black coffee. They're drinking with milk. So I said, you know what? You're here one day in America. He was only there one day. Since you're here one day in America, you're already got influenced by the society. Believe it or not, if you like it and if you don't like it, you are influenced by the people around you. So you must always make sure to be careful to hang around with people that are going to uplift you in the way of Hashem. If not, and I still remember it because you know when we're a little kid and your mother tells you don't hang out with these people. Say, Mom, what do you want from me? I know that you're not friends with them. I know that they're good friends. But my mother always used to warn me, don't hang out with them. I don't think they're not good for you. Don't hang out with them. I Baruch Hashem, I listen to them. And now, hindsight 2020, I see that she was right. I see that every single one of the people that I used to hang out with, Baruch Hashem, I separated myself, but I see exactly what happened to me. So if you're hanging out, if you're hanging out with the wrong crowd, don't be surprised that, as you said, you don't have kavana, or you're looking at things that you're not supposed to look at, or you're doing things that you're not supposed to be doing. It's all about the people you hang around with. And no one was smart enough it wasn't Hashem that told him to be It was Noah that was smart enough to separate himself from the crowd and not go with the flow. In the time of the Rizamele, and we don't have this animal today, there was an animal called the Re'im. The Re'im in English is the orange. It's from the family of the antelopes. 
that you might not know this animal because we don't have it today. But it's from the antelope family, and this arik, the Gemara says on the day in Jebahim, Kofiyudjiman Amudbet, was the height of Mount Tabor. It is very high. There's a story about David Melech where he was tending the sheep of his father, and he thought that this Re'em was uh, actually, in Arabic it's called the Hadavid. You know what that means? It's a small mountain. Right? He thought it was a small mountain, and he went on top of it because he wanted to get to the other side. Little did he know that it was the Re'em. It was this large antelope. This large antelope got up. David Melech finds himself all the way high between heaven and earth. He didn't know what to do until he said, Hashem, please help me. So the antelope, this artist, went down, the end went down, and David Melech was able to get to his destination. On this, David Melech writes You help me from the horns of the Remim, of this antelope, you help me. You brought me salvation. You, you, uh, you saved me. You saved me from the horns of this Remim. So by the way, this is something beautiful, that David Melech, everything that happened to him in his life, he wrote a mizmor on it. How beautiful would it be is before you go to sleep, have a little diary and write all the miracles and all the tovot that Hashem performed to you during the day. I'm sure you will have more than 150 perakim of your own theory, of your own personal theory. Whatever happened to him, he wrote it down. He wrote about he wrote about Shaul Amelech, he wrote about Ahitophel, about Bathsheba, everything that happened in his life, he wrote it down. So, just a word of advice, if you can do that to yourself, you'll see in the end of the year, 365 days, in the end you'll see exactly how many miracles Hashem performed him. So he was on this antelope, and when Hashem saved him from the antelope, he wrote, you saved me from the horns of this antelope. Why do I bring you this animal? Because the Gemara over there in Masechet Zebrahim asks, if this antelope was so high, was so tall, how was it able to enter the Teba? Good question. So the Gemara answers that it swam outside the Teba. And even though it was boiling water, the water around the Teba was a little bit cooled off, so it was able to swim around the Teba and nothing happened to it. When they got finally to the destination, Are Ararat, that the Re'em was able to survive, and therefore we have antelopes totally. We don't have them, granted, we don't have them at the same height, but we do have antelopes because of the Re'em family. But the Gemara is another question. But how was it able to breathe? Finally, one time it was able to swim, and the water wasn't so hot, it was cooled off, I understand. How was it? Not? You try to swim underwater for more than two minutes. I don't know about deep divers, maybe you can swim for ten minutes, but I don't know what the Guinness Book of Records holds. But you try to hold your breath in water, I don't know if you can survive. We're talking about an animal over here, whereas how many days was the Maboon? Forty days and forty nights. How was it able to breathe, Michael? So the Gemara answers, it stuck its mouth, it stuck its nose inside the Teba, and its body was outside the Teba. Okay? That's exactly what opened. Exactly. Not the Gemara, how are you? That's the Gemara. And the Gemara says exactly, that's the exact Gemara about Ope. Now, this is a beautiful Gemara, okay? It's a beautiful Midrash, beautiful story. 
Rav Chaim and he says, the Gemara does not bring a story to hatred. The Gemara doesn't only have stories to sell to, to, sell to us, if you want to say. In every story of the Gemara, we must learn something from it. What do I learn exactly that this to the end, this antelope, if we can call it an antelope, was swimming outside the Teba, it was swimming in cooled off water, and in order to breathe, it stuck its nose inside the table. This is the question that he answers. So he answers something very beautiful. You know, we are stuck in the middle of a massive flood. Now, it's not a physical flood, but it's a spiritual flood. Every day we're trying to combat the waters that bring us down. Whether it's a flood of heresy around us, whether it's a flood of running after your desires, whether it's a flood of anything goes, believe it or not, we're stuck in the middle of a flood. Now, we have to have in certain areas in your house, depends on where you live, you must buy flood insurance. Right? If you live in the Ocean Parkway all the way by Avenue W area, you must purchase flood insurance because you saw exactly what happened in Hurricane Sandy. But if you live in the Basin or Marine Parkway Island, I don't understand the flood didn't get there, the storms don't get there. I don't want to jinx myself. But the waters didn't reach there. We have thunderstorms sometimes, but not massive hurricanes that we experience, people experience in hurricane centers. So you have to collect, you're not collect, you have to buy, you have to purchase flood insurance. What insurance can we purchase today when we have the flood around us trying to bring us down? So he says, that's what the Gemara is trying to hint to you. The Gemara says, Noah builds a Teba. What's the Teba in our day? It's the Yeshivot. It's the Batei Sefirot. Noah saves himself from the flood. Noah is inside the Teba. The flood is outside. The storm is outside. The boiling water is outside. But he's Mugan. He defends himself in the Teva, along with his wife, his kids, and his daughter-in-law. However, we come to the class, right? We're able to save ourselves from the flood. We're able to save ourselves from the waters that are trying to crash down upon us. But what about the people that are outside? What about the people that have to go day in and day out? Like all of us, we have to work for a living. We don't have the luxury of learning every single day. We have to go, and we encounter sometimes heretics, and sometimes we encounter things that we should not be seeing, and people we should not be seeing, and sometimes we fall into traps we should not be falling into. So exactly how do we save ourselves from being swept away from all these floods in our generation? The answer is the Gemara says, you swim around the Teba, which means you associate yourself with people that are learning. As we said a few minutes before, if you see yourself hanging out with the wrong crowd, you should detach yourself right now. Because let me tell you something. They're not looking for your best interest. They're looking for their best interest. They're trying to see exactly how much money can they suck from you. 
Unfortunately for me, today everyone cares only about themselves. Nobody cares about any other person. They're trying to see exactly what they can get from me. If those are the people you're hanging around with, detach yourself immediately. How about the people that cannot detach themselves? I'm used to, I'm accustomed to living this luxurious life and to having a set of friends that I cannot detach myself from. I've been hanging out with them since day one. They're my childhood friends. They're school friends. What can I do not to be swept away with the flood that's going to sweep them away? The answer is, the Gemara says, what do you do? You stick your nose into the teba, which means you set yourself one night, two nights a week, three nights a week, if you could do the whole week, beautiful. But you set, you set yourself one night a week or two nights a week where this is my own personal teba. I don't miss these classes for anything. These are my shi'urim Torah, no matter what happens. Inshallah, my boss needs me to fly to China immediately. This is my class. You know what's going to happen otherwise? Otherwise, you will not be saved from the flood. Then the end, you learn from the antelope. It wasn't able to get inside the teba. You're not able to go to learn Torah every single night. Fine, you're not able to leave everything behind and be like the people that learn in Kolel every single day. Fine, I understand that. But can you stick your nose in the teba? Can you set yourself a time? Kabata etima Torah. Can you set yourself a time to go learn Torah? To stick your nose in the You know what? Even if you don't understand anything. Just the fact that you come to class, even if you don't understand, I hope you do, but even if you don't understand anything, it's better than being outside. It's so much better than being outside because we saw exactly what happened to the people of the flood. All those who did not want to listen to Noah's rebuke, we saw exactly what happened to them. And Hadith was scared for 120 years. He's still imagine He's building 120 years at Teba, which really, Hashem could build a woman. Hashem overnight, wake up the next day, pop up Teba. Yeah, I know those pop-up sukkahs. You have a pop-up teba. What do you want better than that? No. Work on it for 120 years. Try to get as many people as you can to go inside the teba with you. And there was plenty of room. But now one person wanted to enter. Why? Because nothing's going to happen to us. What are you talking about? This is our life. This is what we're so used to. This is our luxurious life. We can't detach ourselves. Oh, you can't detach yourself? Hashem found a way to detach them from their own life. That's the only way that Bhutai to be able to save from the flood in our generation. We do have a flood in our generation. And Barminan, if we're not swimming against the current, we're not supposed to, everything that happens today is you have to go with the flow. No, you do not have to go with the flow. As I always tell them in the class, not because some yo-yo decided to have some... Uh, new kind of fashion in Italy or wherever the fashion comes from so all the ladies have to run and they have to purchase that fustan or that dress or that garment. No! What? Why does he judge and tell us exactly what we should be wearing? Why? Because you have to go with the flow. You have to be like everybody else. No, but you know what happens when we, when you become like everybody else? But men you have to go, you have to swim against the current. 
against the flood in your generation. Zohar HaKadosh, and I'm going to read you a Zohar HaKadosh which everyone knows. The Zohar HaKadosh says, when Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu after the Egypt, leave me and I want to wipe them away. I want to wipe away the Jewish nation and create a brand new Jewish nation from you, Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu says, oh yeah? I'm not going to let you do the same thing as you to Noah. Hashem, I know my history, I know my Jewish history. I saw what you did to Noah's generation. You wiped them all out. And you left Noah alive. Is that what you want to do to me? You want to leave me alive, Moshe Rabbeinu, and wipe away the Jewish nation? No, no, no. Either we all go together, or nobody goes. And Moshe Rabbeinu says, Ehal Moshe Hashem Moshe Rabbeinu pleads from Hashem, and Hashem ends up leaving the Jewish nation intact, and nothing happens to them. To them, nothing happens to Moshe Rabbeinu or to the Jewish nation in the time of the Egypt. When Hashem hears Moshe Rabbeinu tell him this, Hashem says, you know what, Moshe? You're right. I can't compare you to Noah. Noah, he didn't save his generation. You were able to save his generation. Noah wasn't able to save his generation. He didn't plead. He didn't pray for his generation like you did, Moshe Rabbeinu. And forever, the Mayim of the Mabul are called Me Noah. I mean, what bigger embarrassment do you want from that than that? The flood until today, it's called Menoah. We don't call it the Mabul. We call it Menoah. We have to associate the Mabul, the flood, with Noah. Why? As a disgrace, as an embarrassment to Noah. Now, who are we to speak about Noah? The Zohar doesn't say it, or the Midrash doesn't say it, or the Gemara, or the Rabbi doesn't say it. We can't talk about Noah. But the Midrash says, the Zohar says, Hashem calls the flood the waters of Noah, Me Noah. Now the difference between Noah and Moshe Rabbeinu is one difference. Moshe Rabbeinu prayed for his generation. Noah is saying, come on, Hashem is bringing the flood. Either you go in or you're all wiped away. Oh, you don't want? Okay. I tried. 120 is I'm trying. But did you think about maybe praying for them? Maybe pleading with Hashem to leave them alive and not bringing them a boot. And that's why the Zohar HaKadosh says, when Moshe Rabbeinu tells Hashem, erase me from your holy sister Torah. Meheni are the letters Me-Noah. Meheni is Me-Noah, which means Moshe Rabbeinu says, I'm not going to have this, I'm not going to do the same sin as, as Noah. Noah didn't plead for his generation. Noah didn't pray for his generation. But I go down with the ship. That's what he's not saying. The Midrash says, Mashallah analogous to what? To two ships. They're both thinking. One, the captain said, I'm going to save myself. He jumps off, lets them drown. The other ship says, I go down with the Titanic, right? I don't know exactly what happened with the Titanic. Did he go down with the ship or not? Yeah, he did. Mahloket. Mahloket both. I don't know exactly. Mahlukah was the boat, exactly what happened. I don't know. So, Moshe Rabbeinu says, I go down with my ship. I go down with these people. Noah says, I'm sorry? Correct. Correct. That's what, he said. That's what we said earlier. Either take us all, or nobody goes. So he went down with his ship. That's why it's me, Noah, Nehemi. That's the difference between Moshe Rabbeinu and Noah. 
Moshe Rabbeinu does not forget a generation. Why do I tell you this? Because it's very nice that we're coming to cleansing. And it's very nice that we're saving ourselves from the flood out here. But what about the people outside that don't know the beauty of the Torah? What about the people outside that think that that's the way they're supposed to live? They don't know. They don't know the evil that that they're causing. They don't know the evil that surrounds them. They don't know the influence that they influence every single day. In Parashat Lech Lecha, next week's Parashat, Abraham Avinu meets Shem Ben Noah. Shem Ben Noah is called Malki Tzedek Melech Shalem. Malki Tzedek, the king of Yerushalayim. There was Yerushalayim back then, but it was called Shalem. So he, he meets Shem Ben Noah, and he asks Shem Ben Noah, Kesav Yesatim Min I want to ask you a question. Which zechut, what zechut did you have that you were able to survive and leave the teva? That's the question he asked him. Shem ben Noah answered Abraham Abinu, but tzedakah shayinu asim. We performed tzedakah in the teva. To that, Abraham Abinu asks him, v'chi ma tzedakah ya lachem la'asot? V'chi aniyim hayu sham? You were performing acts of tzedakah. I know Abraham Abinu says, I know tzedakah is money. You put money in a kupah. You are a tzedakah for God's sake. It was you, your father, your brothers, and their wives. What tzedakah did you have to do in the tzedakah? Tzedakah Shem Benoah answers him, we did tzedakah, we did, we did good deeds with the animals and the birds in the teba. What did he say? No hayinu yeshenim kol halayla. El hayinu notnim lifneze velifneze. The lion eats at a different time than the cow. And the cow eats at a different time than the antelope. And the antelope eats at a different time than the eagle. Everyone eats at a different time. So it's a non-stop, 24 hours, Mara'inu shenat ve'ayinu, he says. We didn't sleep for one moment. That's the righteous deeds. That's the good deeds that we performed in the Teba. And he says, Upamahat, ihalnu asvenu ve'yasa adina shubar. A long time, my father Noah, he had, he had to doze off for a little bit. Oh, he had to doze off for a little bit. The lion was hungry. The lion started eating his legs, gnawing at his legs. Why? Because he was laying with the food. That's why it says by Shair Ah Noah because Noah says Ah my leg. I'm not joking. That's what Mufarshim said. Noah says Ah my leg. By Shair Ah Noah literally means Noah was the only one who survived through his children. But Ah Noah, the rabbi said, why Ah Noah? Because when he was late with the food for the lion, he started saying Ah Ah. So it hurt him. It pained. So Abraham Abinu says the Kalbahomit. Abraham Abinu says Man Elu. They did righteous good deeds with the behemoth. And with that zehut, with that merit, they were able to read the tebah. I am able to perform good deeds with human beings. Of course, Hashem will remember these merits forever and ever. 
Therefore, right away it says, The first one to establish hotels is Abraham Abim. Not Carmel Hilton. Abraham Abim. It says, Abraham Abinu established the first chain of hotels. Why? Because if they were able to be saved in the Seba, which is good because they did for their behemoth. What does that mean? Of course I'm able to be able to save me and my... And believe it or not, so today we're still reaping the benefits of the chains of hotels that Abraham Abinu established. Now, I want to ask you a question. A very easy question. What does it mean? With the hood, were you able to leave a tebal? What are you going to do after the mabu? Stay in the tebal? Obviously, you're going to go outside. So what did Abraham Abinu ask Shem ben Noah? I want to ask you a simple question. What zechut did you have that you were able to leave the teba? What do you mean what zechut? The time was up. 40 days, 40 nights. Mabul. A year we're in the teba. A year comes, Hashem says, leave. You're right, Hashem says, leave. But the answer is, you must have zechut to be able to leave. You must have zechut to be able to go outside. What zechut did Noah and his children have? They were able to feed the animals. In other words, hesed. Hesed was the only zechut that they had, and that was exactly why they were, be, were able to be saved from the Mabud. If only Noah knew this in retrospect. If only Noah knew that when he was building the Teva, if he was able to pray to Hashem harder, or even pray to him in the first place, and ask of Hashem to leave them, to keep them alive, and that's the Hesed his own personal hindsight that he's able to perform with his generation, the people of the Mabud would have been able to be saved. Understand? Ask me, ask me, look on, ask me. Noah called his friends. His generation, they never suffered. They always had a good time. They were people At the time, they suffered. He saw them suffering for the 200 years. So it's a different mentality. But when they're both sinning, they're both sinning. There's no suffering when they're sinning. Right. In fact, in fact, when they performed their Egil, it says, like, they had a very good time. They had the money. So they had it. So also, they had money. You know what Noah Sandra says? It rains every 40 years. That's all you need. You need rain once every 40 years and it's over. You know, it's perfect temperature, it says. It's the weather between Tesa and Aser, Tesa and Shabuot. It's perfect, pristine weather. When a human being, let's say, win a lottery, yeah. let's say, full time, he could send all the day, and he win the lottery, of course. He has no concept of money. He's got to stop spending because he has no idea how to open it. Correct. Correct. So it, it also matters in that effect. And no one's defense. And no one's defense. No. And Moshe's defense, both of them. So I want to I explain to you exactly what the Ma'asek Haistik is. How strong Haistik is. No one was able to understand. Moshe Rabbeinu understood what Haistik was. Who like Moshe Rabbeinu pleaded to Hashem to keep us alive? I mean, we, we anchored Hashem many times. No, I didn't anger Hashem. Yeah, your forefathers did. And your Neshamot did. Ten times when I saw Otis, they ayatel fe'amin. Whether it was the man, or the Salah, or the Er Miriam, or it was Ma'ase Korah, or it was Ma'ase Ayyid, or it was the Mara, or it was the Niamsu. Ten times, now the stream one. Ten times we anger Hashem, and each time Moshe Rabbeinu, please keep them alive. Do you want a bigger hatred than that? I just want to explain to you exactly how powerful chesed is. 
in the year Tashin Mentet. So we're in Tashin Bay, that's 49. We're talking about 31 years ago. 31 years ago, there was a lady that she came back from a Sheva Barakot of one of her children. She got very sick, and they took her to the hospital. And upon arrival in the hospital, she passed away. And so great was the Ma'aseh Hasid of this lady, she had four children of her own, and she took in 16 children. And I'm going to say, oh, for sure she had 17 bedrooms or 16 and 4, 20 bedrooms. No, 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 she had two bedrooms in Annexus 8. Two bedrooms with 20 children. Today, Baruch Hashem, we have five children with 20 bedrooms and one and a half. She brings in 20 children as a ma'ase hayasid. So she turned it into either a halfway house or a quarter house or a full house or whatever you want to call it, a house for children that don't have houses, homes. She passed away exactly 1 o'clock in the morning. But the Shabbat, when they get up to from the Nazaya, one of her children... I'm sorry? Please? Uh, probably died. Okay, it's probably died. It's not, not meant to be. Whatever happens, happens. Uh, not meant to be, but Hashem, you continue the recording and we'll send you the web and we have the audio. She passes away exactly 1 o'clock in the morning. When the Shabbat after the Nebaya, her child begs Hashem, please let his mother come to him in a dream. And explain to him exactly why she had to pass away. And look at the answer that she has. Four children of her own, 16 children to bring in her, in her home. It's a great answer. Why did she have to pass away? So she comes to him in a dream, and he, he, he says this. She comes to him in a dream, and she says, Did you know that your younger brother was born exactly 1 o'clock in the morning? And if you count from the time that he was born until when she passed away, it's 22 minutes on the dot. She says, really, she had a very hard time in his labor. And she knew that that's it. It was the end of the line. She was supposed to pass away. He was supposed to be born. She was supposed to pass away. And she asked Hashem, Hashem, don't forget the chayfah that I'm doing for all these children. Look how many years I'm doing chesed. Please, Hashem, prolong my life. And Hashem gave her exactly 22 years exactly to the minute. Why? Because of the chesed that she performed. So great is the ma'ateh chesed. Now, people don't have the means to open their homes to bring inside people that don't have homes. But you can do another chesed. There is no greater chesed to be performed than to teach a person Torah. Or to bring a person closer bring a person closer to Hashem. There is no greater chesed to be performed. And we all have, we are all capable of doing that. No matter if you want to send it through WhatsApp, or you want to send them a link, or you even want to bring them to the class. And I'm not only advocating for this class, for any class that you can bring them to. For any word of Torah that you can teach them, that's the greatest highest that you can do because it's saving them from the flood. You're giving them flood insurance. You're giving them flood insurance. That's exactly what you're doing to them. 
has merit to have the Torah given in his generation. Exactly, the Ma'arat says, Hashem wanted to give Noah the Torah and to make his generation the recipients of the Torah. But because Noah did not pray hard enough for his generation to be saved, Hashem took away that zechut from him, from the generation, he ended up giving it to who? To Moshe Rabbeinu. And that's why the Tikkunei Azohar says, Moshe Rabbeinu is called Ish HaChesed HaGadol. We all thought, Tikkun HaChesed HaChesed Abraham. Abraham Abinu was the Zohar, Zohar HaChesed. No, but the Zohar HaKadol says, Moshe Rabbeinu is called Ish HaChesed HaGadol. Do you know why, Sion? Because he prayed for his generation. When he prays for his generation, that's the chesed that you do for them. That's why. Where is Moshe Rabbeinu buried? It says in the Pasuk, Be'ikbar Oto, Bagai. He's buried, then outside of Eretz, and Be'ikbar Oto, Bagai. Rabbi Nebenstein says, Bagai is Yud Gimel Midot Shem Rahamim. Bagai, Gimel Yod, is Yod Gimel. What is that Yod Gimel? When you say, Ken Rahamim, what do you say? Ken Rahamim, every single day. You're me'orer, you awaken the compassionate mercy of Hashem to keep us alive. Rabbi Nebenstein says, if you take Moshe Rabbeinu's name, which is 345, and you add to it the 13, which is the 13 attributes of Rahamim, ends up being 358. Which means each one of us can be a Moshe Rabbeinu in our generation. All we need to do is to me'orez Rahamim al-Am Yisrael. To teach them Torah, to bring them closer, to do ma'aseh chesed with them, you give them in order to bring Mashiach to Tenu. You know, in our generation, there was a rabbi by the name of Rabbi Uda ben Hasilon that was living in uh, Tel Aviv. His wife asked him to buy her an armoire, an armoire for her clothes. And he tells her, What do you need an armoire for? You want to hang up your clothes? We have plenty of nails. Start banging nails into the wall. That's your armor clothes. Now, if we told our wives that, you know, I don't want to tell you what ends up happening. But what would, I'm sorry? She'll nail you. She'll nail you, exactly. But what do we see, very good. What do we see exactly from your story? She was so careful not to be swept away with every new technology or every new thing that comes out. But it's really an armor. An armor is a closet where you put your clothes, you're right. If I don't need it in my life, I'll tell you something. I hope my wife doesn't listen to this quiet. But what's really, you know, clicked with me and my wife is because she told me something. You know, my wife comes from deals. And Zeal Girls is beautiful because Zeal Girls only tell you, Joey, listen to this, find yourself a Shadu girl from Zeal. So Zeal Girls always tell you thank you to everything. A couple words, thank you. A couple coffee things. I mean, they should tell you thank you, but like over the, over the, I don't want to say silliest thing, but over the little things, thank you. It was so beautiful out, you know, feeling so, uh, right? Appreciated. But she tells me a lot, I won't forget. She tells me, I don't buy clothes. If I don't need them. Understand this? People buy things because they want them, but they don't need them. Other people will only buy if they need them. That, between us, that was the line that killed the whole deal. That was the line that, you know, 
The only bad thing is to need them. He says, do you need me in all of our clothes? You know, to have nails, go stop banging nails into the wall. What is it? I'm sorry? Oh, this lady? No, your wife. What's my wife? No.
You know why? Because at, at his time, there was the age of reform Jews in the name of Sadduqim, where we don't like this halakha, let's reform. That's exactly what reform means, right? We don't like this halakha, let's reform it. Why the only rabbis? I want a rabbi, rabbi Rebecca also. Rabbi Rebecca, why not? What's wrong with that? Rabbi Rebecca, let me do that also. But it's again the Torah, oh, so what? We have to change the Torah to conform with our lifestyle. That's what happens. When you don't break away, your Hanan claim that goes for 80 years. And then at the end of the day, because you got swept away, you know what says in Tehillim? Azot yitzhalel elecha kol hasid le'ed meso. A hasid, a person that follows Hashem's way, should request for one thing. What does that mean to say? Rak l'shetef mayim rabim elav lo yagir. That's what that mean to say in Tehillim. Let him not be swept away with the storm out there, with the flood out there. We have a responsibility, Rabbi. We have a responsibility to save our fellow brothers. They're all our brothers, the Yehudim. No matter if they're on the dead end, if they're off the dead end, if they're learned or not, we all have a responsibility to save them from crashing waves, sweeping them away. What are they doing with their life? Bring them closer to Torah. Nobody is absolved. Nobody is absolved of helping your fellow Jew. If Shem ben Noah told Abraham Abinu the only zakut that we had, the only merit that we had was chesed, we can all perform acts of chesed. We can all perform acts of chesed just to help your fellow Jew from wasting his life. I want to end up with the story. It's a beautiful story of how exactly a rabbi was able to help another Yehudi, not to be swept away. There was a troublesome kid. He was giving his parents, uh, he, this kid, now he's one of the greatest rabbis in Mekarim. I won't tell you his name, but he's now one of the greatest rabbis in Mekarim Anashi. He's involved in Harachim, he's involved in many organizations, just to, only to bring people closer to him. He tells a story about himself. When he was a little kid, he gave his he gave his parents a run for their money. Okay, he wasn't the... He was a black sheep, if you want to say, of the family. And the parents didn't know what to do, so they take him to the Abedin of the city. So the Abedin says, Oh, my son, you came right on time. He says, Why? He says, Because I have now a big deal. I have a, a court case that I have to judge, and maybe you can help me. So now this kid is eight years old. I don't know anything that when it comes to bed, you know, I, let alone I know Gemara or Mithrashim or Mishnah, I don't know anything. But this rabbi wants me to help him with the, with the bed, with the court case. Okay, I'll help my rabbi, why not? So he says, okay, so who are the two sides? This boy is asking the Ba'ab Bedin. Who are the two sides? And he said, the one side is a Sefer Torah, and the other side is a pair of shoes. Yeah, the boy says, you know, I'm no rabbi, but how can a Sefer Torah and a pair of shoes come to a court case? Usually it's two human beings. How can it be a Sefer Torah and a pair of shoes? So the rabbi says, no, I'll explain to you. The pair of shoes wants to sue the Sefer Torah. Why, David? It's because the pair of shoes says, we both grew up together. We were both cows together. 
But what happened? One day a man came, he took one of the cows, he shafted it, he ate the meat, and he took the hide of the cow, he tanned it, and he made it into a pair of shoes. And two days later, another person comes to another cow that I grew up with. Now, this is a pair of shoes, by the way. Pair of shoes don't talk. Say, this is water. Say, by the way. This is Mashal. So, two days later, another man comes. He takes another cow. He shakes the cow. He eats the meat. He takes the hide. He tans it. He fashions it into a sefer Torah. And the pair of shoes wants to sue the sefer Torah. It's not fair. We grew up together. How come we're a pair of shoes and you're a sefer Torah? It's not fair. We also want to be a sefer Torah. So the boy says, you know what? Now, after thinking about it, the pair of shoes are right. They're right. They should sue the sefer Torah. It's not fair. How come they became a pair of shoes and they became a sefer Torah? So the rabbi tells him, you're right, but I forgot to tell you, there's one difference between the pair of shoes and the sefer Torah. The sefer Torah, they had to take the hide, they had to work on it, they had to beat it, they had to clean it, they had to smooth it and out, and then they had to write Shemot Kolish on it, and each time the would go into the Mikveh, and would purify himself, and write the sefer Torah. Masha'en came with a pair of shoes. The pair of shoes, all you do is you take the hide, you tan it, you make it, you make a pair of shoes. It's a cheap quality pair of shoes. It doesn't cost anything. So as much as they beat it, and as much as they hit it, and as much as they worked on it, it performed, So the boy says, oh, now I understand, Rabbi. So it's a Sefer Torah, the Sefer Torah is right. The pair of shoes cannot see the Sefer Torah. The Sefer Torah, they're the ones that are right. So the rabbi looks at the boy and says, my son, this is the lesson of life. The lesson of life is nothing comes easy. Nothing comes easy. It's very easy, Rabbi to be swept away. It's very easy to go with the flow. It's very easy to do what people are doing. It's very easy to skip out on class because your friends are going to the latest restaurant or to the latest show or to the latest dot, 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 fill in the blank. It's very easy. But as much as you toil, as much as you beat yourself up, quote, unquote, as much as you work on yourself, you perform, you produce a sacred for that. Otherwise, you're only a pair of shoes. Otherwise, you're only like the rest of the people. What's going to come out of us after 120 years? You know, it says in the Pasuk, Tov Shem Mishem Tov. What are they going to say about us after 120 years? I always kid with the guys in class. I say, they're going to say how many shows he binge watched, how many uh, pies of pizza he ate, how many shawarma sandwiches he ate. What are they going to say about us after 120 years? I never heard so today. Every time I went to Elevaya, I never heard them say, oh, this person was just a beast. He was able to go to five restaurants and I never heard anybody say that. But I did hear them say, how many Sadaqos he did, how much Hayat he did, how much Torah he learned, how many Tifarim he finished, how many Shahs he was able to finish. Yes, simple people like us are able to finish Shahs. Oh, you know what a great Hayat that is? To bring a person closer to, to them to finish the Shahs. To be able to teach another person Torah. You know what a great Hayat is? 
and we won't be swept away with the Mabu that's out there. The Terah was Shalosh Meot Amma Oris, Hamishim Amma Rohab, Koma Shlashim Amma, which means Oris with 300 Amma. And it was Rohab, which means Oris is length, Rohab is with 50 Amma and 30 Amma height. Now let's think about it for a second. If we have 300, and we have the 50 and the 30. Well, 50 and 30 make 80. So you have 380. In Hebrew, that's Shin Pe. Right now, we're in the year Taf Shin Pe, which makes Teba Shin Pe. We are in a Teba right now. This is our Teba. This is our insurance against the flood outside. We just hope and pray that just like Hashem saves them from the Mabul, He should save us from the Mabul. But again, either you're outside the Teba or you stick your nose in the Teba. But there's no excuse to be out outside of Teba. There's no reason why not to swim around. If you don't swim around, we saw exactly what happened to the people that didn't swim around. We saw exactly what happened to the people that didn't want to detach themselves from their lifestyle. They wanted to do what everybody else was doing, David. They wanted to do what everybody else was doing. So Hashem should help us all. This year should be the year of Mashiach. And by the way, Mashiach also, well, name is the 40 days and 40 nights that it, it uh, rained, right? Sheen is the Shalosh Me'ot Oris. And then we have Yod and Chet. If anybody can tell me what your head is by next week, they will get a grand prize. What the grand prize is, I don't know because there is no grand prize. But next week, tell me exactly what the Yod head is. And the Hazrat Hashem, Hashem should help us all. We touch ourselves, break free from everything that's bringing us down, not to be sucked away, swept away from the flood outside. And with that, that's what we should see, Mashiach Tetzkenu. I'd like to thank everybody that came. Thanks for any time for uh, hosting the class, for putting the class online. Thank Jerry's Radio also for hosting the class. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen v'amen. Be Hanania. 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 Be H